Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in the scriptures to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 12. We're going to read from Jeremiah, chapter 12. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen. I've got a challenge for you for 2021. And um, I know we're in a society where everything is digital, but can we go analog with the Bible this year? Like, this, I mean, it's just something about this thing that you open up the pages and, and the words, and I don't know, my phone just doesn't have the same feel. It just, it just feels like, ah, oh, I know it's there and it's cool, and if that's your thing, but like, let's, let's, let's go a little old school in 2021, and they make these things called books. Let's get one. If you don't have one, we'll get one for you. Come on. I thought more of my older crowd would have given me a little bit better. Come on. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 12, we're going to read starting with verse 1. Jeremiah, now this is Jeremiah, he's a prophet, and he's directly speaking this conversation to the Lord. Lord, you always give me justice when I bring my case before you. So let me bring you my complaints. Why? Why are the wicked so prosperous? And why is it that evil people are so happy? Why? Why, God? You, you've planted them, and they've taken root, and they've prospered, and your name, it's on their lips. But God, you are far from their heart. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see me, and you test me. You know my thoughts. Just do this. Drag these people away like sheep to be butchered. Set them aside to be slaughtered. How long must this land mourn? Even the grass in the field has withered. The wild animals and the birds have disappeared because of the evil in this land. For the people have said this, the Lord doesn't see what's ahead of us. And now the Lord responds to Jeremiah. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you run the race against horses? If you stumble and you fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan? This morning, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the topic of, will you please stop whining? Will will you please just stop your whining? See, Jeremiah is here, and he's bringing all of these complaints to the Lord, and he has two main complaints that he wants to talk to God about. And, and, and there's this problem. There's, there's what he knows about the Lord, and then there's what he's experiencing in his life, and he's having a hard time reconciling these two things. There, there, there's what he knows about God and his goodness, and then there's, well, he's stepping out. I mean, you kind of almost have to picture the moment. I mean, Jeremiah, a, a, a guy just like me, just like you, and he kind of wakes up one morning, and he steps out, and he's standing on the porch for a few minutes, and it's just like already he's made up his mind. This is going to be a bad day. He probably lives in a POA, you know? There's a letter in his mailbox already. Your, gla- your grass is too tall, Jeremiah. And he's just like, God, I've got a few complaints. And he's frustrated, and he's just like, he's just going to let it out to God. And I need to reconcile it because there's what I know, and there's what I'm experiencing. And 
I don't know about you, but have any of you ever felt this? Uh, maybe a few examples to jog your memory. Like, God, your scripture says that you're my healer, but I'm still feeling sick. This doctor's report is saying something else. God, I, God I, I know that the scriptures say that you are my provider, but if I get one more letter from BB&T, one more overdraft charge, I still feel broke. God, I know your scripture, I know it says that you'll never leave me. I mean, Devin just said it a moment ago too, but it sure is lonely right now. God, I, I'm speaking, if you could just talk a little bit louder. Because I, I'm, 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 I'm not getting all of these things, and, and we have these moments, or, or maybe Jeremiah is the only one, where we want to, to reconcile what we know about God and what we're experiencing in our life, and we have these moments where we walk out onto the porch, and we just, God, I've got some complaints, I've got some things i got to get off my chest, and Jeremiah gives us two. He says, first of all, look, I'm looking around, and, and, and the wicked are doing well. I'm looking around, like, that guy over there, I know he's cheating, I know he's lying, and he just got blessed. Work on this a little bit, brother. And, and he, he's doing well, and their family's doing, and not only that, all, they seem to be pretty happy. I mean, man, have you ever gone around somebody, and they're just so happy that it ticks you off? You're just like, man, you are, and then you, you obviously got to fake it in front of them. You're just like, oh, Bridget, you're so happy. I just love you so much. She's so happy every time I see her. And then she walks away, and you're like, man, she just gets on my nerves. All joyous and bubbly and happy, you know? There's some of that. There's sometimes there's just days like that where, where it's just, why is it these people, I, 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 there's, there's wicked people, they're, they're going, doing these things, and God, it seems like this way of life just isn't paying off. It seems like being a follower, you sometimes, I, I don't know, God, if this seems to be working out the way it should. I've lost my joy. I'm still going through the struggle. I'm trying my best, and all of these other people are, well, it, it seems like they're doing better. Have you seen the pictures on Instagram? I mean, they're always on vacation. Gosh, every week. How do you go on vacation every week? <sighs> Have you seen? Their, I mean, oh, they're, they're, they're just so happy. They're just doing so well. Won the lottery again? <laughs> I didn't even do it once. Just, I mean, it's just everything. I don't know, God. And, and here's the thing. like, You can't have these thoughts about others and their lives and whether or not they're prospering and whether or not they're really joyous, unless you have something to compare it to. And the first thing we always want to do is compare it to our experience. So we're comparing our experience to what we believe and perceive their experiences to be. So we perceive them to just always be happy, but we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. See, it looks one way on Facebook it looks one way on Instagram, but I guarantee you they're not posting. Hey, just had a big fight with my wife today. It was great. <laughs> Nobody puts that out there. See, th th there's this perception that we have, and, and any time we start comparing ourselves to each other, it never ends well. Never ends well when you start comparing yourself. Because here's the thing. You, whether you like it or not, you can only see things from well, your perspective. 
And we serve a God who has a completely different perspective than I do. He has a completely different perspective than you do. And so while you see this person and you see their wickedness and you see that, oh, man, it just seems like they're prospering, I guarantee you God sees something else. And when you see that person that's full of, like, it just seems like they're just so happy, God says, well, you don't know the whole story. And you see people at one phase in their life, but you don't know what they went through to get to where they're at. And, the, and I was just talking to someone this morning. I told her I was going to give her the microphone and she could preach. Because she, she, she just told me, she said, listen, well, some person, you know, might be on the bottom of the mountain right now. and Somebody else might be on the top of the mountain. And, and the thing is, the, the assumption is everybody, if I'm on the top, everybody should be on the top. And if I'm on the bottom, everybody should be on the bottom. And, and, and Jeremiah says, listen, I've got to this place where I'm looking out. I'm starting to compare myself, myself to everybody else. It looks like the, the, the wicked are prospering. It looks like things that all this I don't understand, God. And then check out what happens in verse 2. He's let all of his complaints be known to God. And he says this, you have planted them. So ultimately, he's saying, God, it's your fault. God, you're responsible for all of these things. You put them there. The, the psalmist says it like, listen, God, you bring one up and you bring another down. God, God, you're responsible for all this. I, I, I put it in your, your hands. God, why are you doing this? You've planted them. God, it sure does appear like you're bringing up the wrong people. It sure does look like the wicked are rising to the top. And God, why is it that the godly are suffering and the wicked are prosperous? No one in here has ever asked that question. It's only, it's only Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, wait, and David. Have you ever read any of the Psalms? I mean, he's constantly asking these questions and saying, God, I need to understand. And have, have we ever stopped, though, when, when we get into this complaining mode, have we ever stopped to think that we always assume that we're the ones that are right? I mean, we always assume that we are the ones that are on the right side. It, it's, the, it's the moment where you're at the restaurant and, listen, I am so frustrated with this meal. I asked for the spicy chicken sandwich. And you call this, I mean, this isn't spicy at all. And then the next person in line, and they're mad because their spicy chicken sandwich isn't spicy enough. And now all of a sudden you have an argument between spicy chicken people and non-spicy people. And you got the manager there like, listen, y'all, it's called the spicy chicken sandwich. I don't know what to do. Would you like a gift card? And, you know, and, 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 and this is what happens if we're not careful with this way of thinking. It turns into a us versus them. It turns into a, well, um, it's a Ford versus Chevy. And everyone knows Chevy's better. Stir it up a little bit. Stir it up. It's a us versus them. It's a spicy versus non-spicy. It's a Coke versus Pepsi. It's a, either you're on our side or you're on their side. You're either friend or you're foe. You're either for us or you're against us. And I know this. I know that I'm right. And so I know that you need to be on my side because, God, this doesn't look like it's working out. There's a story in the scripture. There's a man named Joshua, and he's getting ready to go into battle. And, and, and he's leaning down, and when he looks up, he sees that there's a man standing in front of him with a sword. And when he sees this, 
man with the, he asked this question, whoa, 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 friend or foe? Which is a reasonable question. I mean, if I could tie my shoe, look up, and you're holding a big sword, I need to know. Do I need to pull, you know, are we going to battle? Or, or what's going on? Friend or foe? For me or against me? But I love the response of this man. Now, uh, historically, a lot of theologians, a lot of, a lot of people say, like, this is, this is actually, it, it could be an angel or something. But he, it says, listen, I am the leader and the commander of the Lord's army. I'm on neither side. I'm on the side of the Lord. See, we want, we want to turn it into this. Ask ourselves this question. Has our world become so limited that we've limited ourselves to just two options? And here you have the, the word of the Lord saying, listen, do you not understand? I'm not on either side. I'm on the side of the Lord. Jesus has his own side. I'm not for Pepsi or for Coke. I'm not for spicy chicken sandwich or non-spicy chicken sandwich. I'm, on, I'm just trying my best to get on the side where Jesus is at. And Jesus has his own side. See, here's what's important. Here, if we're not careful, you can miss this. Because Joshua uh, and even Jeremiah and all these different instances, if we're not careful, we could begin to think, listen, because I have this great love for God, and God has this great love for me, that instantly means that God is on my side. And nowhere in Scripture does it say that. And see, there's a big difference between the fact that, listen, is God for us? Absolutely. God wants the best for us. But God is not on your side. You are on his side. Because there's a huge difference there. Because the difference is that, oh, well, well, God, you follow me around and you do what I do. And God, you drink the Pepsi that I drink. And you live the life and everything that I say goes. Because as long as everything lines up with my, come on, somebody. And, and here we have the Lord saying, listen, I'm neither friend nor foe. I'm on the side of the Lord. Don't misinterpret that as I'm on your side. Listen, I, I love my wife. She loves me. But I'm not on her side. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was good. <laughs> I'm not on her side. She's not on my side. We are doing our best to get on the Lord's side. Because if I'm just on her side, that means I'm just to agree with everything that she says to do. And she's going to agree with everything. And together we just find this perfect mess. And the truth is, no, 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 listen, baby, you're second. Because just because you're my wife doesn't mean I'm going to agree with everything just because you think that's the way it is. Doesn't mean I'm just, just because of my great love for you, I'm just going to go along and pretend like everything's okay when you're messing up. <laughs> I should have flipped it around. <laughs> when I am messing up. <laughs> when I am messing up, 
Rewind. When I am messing up, I don't, I don't want you just to agree with me because I'm your husband. I want you to call me out on it. See, because that's a healthy relationship. That's a good relationship when we're both committed to saying, listen, we're, there, there's difficult things on the table. And, and, and I'm looking at this perspective, and we have this disagreement. But listen, both of us, we're, we're trying to get on the side of the Lord, and we're trying to listen to the heartbeat of Jesus in this thing. And, and we're doing our best. And, and i got to say, listen, if, if I'm disagreeing with you, I'm not just going to go along with you for the sake of just comfort, for the, for the sake of just making sure, because there's something greater at stake here. And so I want a wife who's going to call me out and say, Lucas, that was wrong. Lucas, you need to pray about that. Lucas, you need to think about that. I don't, I don't need friends in my life that are just going to agree with everything that I say because I'm the pastor. You shouldn't agree with everything I say just because I'm up here with a microphone. You should go home and you should study the scriptures and look and say, ah, I don't know, maybe there's something else here. The, the Bible tells us to do that. It tells us to study and be good stewards. And but I just don't want to take anyone's word for it. I want to know, and Jesus, what's your heart on this situation? Because like it or not, we're all seeing from one perspective. And God, I need your heart desperately. I need to, I need to understand. And if I'm not careful, I'll just turn into, well, there's the holy people and the wicked people. And I'll start judging and comparing, and it looks like the wicked people are getting prosperous, and the holy people, they're not getting the good end of the deal. And God, I don't understand. What am I missing? And then he gets into this prayer, and he says this. Listen, if you'll just drag them away like sheep to be butchered, if you'll just destroy all my enemies, and I mean, I mean this is a group of people that were very familiar with butchering sheep. Like, there's no one in this room that I'm taking a, you know, not a very big step of faith here that you butcher sheep on the weekends, right? But these are people like, this is normal. And so you, they would see sheep go in to get butchered, and they ain't coming out. They saw the blood and the guts and the whining and the crying of that sheep. And this man, who's like the prophet of God, said, I want you to do to my enemies the same thing that we're doing to these sheep. Now, I got to say, listen, there are people that irritate me. There are people that I would even say like they're wicked people, but I don't know if I've ever prayed that you'd kill them like a sheep being sheared and just, I mean, and David, some of the Psalms, I mean, David's just like, just kill all of them, fire from the sky, burn them. I'm like, these guys are just letting it loose. I mean, I don't know if I'm at that level yet. I kind of like, a flat tire might be nice, God. You know, if they could lose their voice for about two weeks would be wonderful, make the workplace so much nicer. You know, like something, you know, like, I don't know if I've ever prayed this, but I probably thought it in my heart. And that's why I love the Bible so much, because we have just this real, this is how I'm feeling, and he's letting his complaints be known to God. And so here it is. Here we have the prophet, and he, he's letting his complaints be known. And, and you've done it, and I've done it, and we've done it, but there's, there's a key here that I want to bring to our attention, there's two things that happen at the very beginning of this that we really need to catch. It says this, Lord, you always give me justice 
when I bring my case before you. Now, there's two really important things. One, it's here at the end. When I bring my case before you. When I complain, I'm bringing my complaints, God, to you. I'm not bringing my complaints to my wife. I'm not bringing my complaints to whoever will listen to me on the other end of the phone. I'm not bringing my complaints to whoever will like my post on Facebook. I'm not bringing my complaints to a whole bunch of people who I know will just agree with me and stir it up and tell, tell me how right I am and I can feel better about being how right I am so I can just complain some more. God, I'm bringing my complaints to you. First and foremost, understand this. When we have this in us, when we have these moments where we just want to whine and we want to cry out, my question is, have you cried out to God first? Is your first initial reaction to bring your complaint to the Lord or to bring your complaint to social media? Because if we get this wrong, it is, a, it is, it is just an absolute whirlwind of disaster. Because the reality of the situation is this. God is the only one that is equipped to handle your complaints. Let me say that one more time. God is the only one that is equipped to handle your complaints. He is the one that has a better perspective than all of us. We need to bring our complaints to him. See, here's the thing. When we don't do that, we like to bring our complaints to our friends and our pastors and our coworkers and to the world. And what we do is we search for people that will agree with us. And as long as more people agree with us, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And the thing is, then we start taking this complaining, and then we take it to every area of our life. And so we start complaining about our marriage. And we start complaining about our church. And we start complaining because, man, the music was just a little too loud. And we start complaining about the food that we eat in the restaurant. We start complaining about this. And here's the thing. And here's, I don't think a lot of people grasp this. But if you'll notice in your life and the life of others, when you start down this road of complaining, you, you realize or not, you're looking for other people to agree with you. And then it turns into this type of paranoia. It's this, you're paranoid about everything, and everybody's out to get you, and, and, and oh wait, hold on, they, I, I'm testing the grounds to see if they agree with me or not. And, and here's the thing, you'll find people that are quote unquote on your side, and the more you complain, even your friends will turn into your enemies. If you complain long enough, even the ones that you find that are backing your habit, you'll start to get paranoid about them. And well, I, I don't know. I don't know if they any longer are on this train. They're on the spicy chicken train now. <laughs> They've switched over from Chevy to Ford. Come on, y'all. And so it leads to this. It leads to this paranoia. It leads to this, even our friends become our enemies. It leads to this depression where it doesn't matter how good something is, we will complain about it. it you could win the lottery and be mad that you've got to pay the taxes on it. You will find something to complain about. I know this, God. You are just, and I'm bringing my case to you. 
When someone starts complaining, I actually tested this out this week with Devin. <laughs> Got to, that's the end of the evening. Honey, can we just turn the TV off? She'll tell you. Can we just turn, I just need to, things are just rough, honey. It's just bad. Start whining a little bit. And you know, what I'm looking for is a little sympathy. Oh, honey, it's okay. You're, you're a good husband. You're a good pastor. Where's the remote at? Can we turn the TV back on now? You know? Some of us are like that. I'm, like, I'm a little bit of a whiner. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, just, just honey, I just, want, just want you to just kind of feel bad for me for a minute. Go get me a, can you give me a drink? Is there any Kool-Aid left? No? Can you make some for me, girl? Because I've had such a bad day. It's been a rough one. Start complaining. I don't even, where, where was I going with that? I had a point. <laughs> I had a point to it. I was, I was so making sure I didn't step into another landmine with her. Man, what was it? What was I talking about? I was testing the waters because I wanted to bring you on my side. I didn't write this in the notes. I don't know. Point is, I should have brought my complaint to the Lord. This second thing here is this. <laughs> the prophet says, listen, Lord, you always give me justice. God, you are just. God, I know I'm stepping out on this porch. I know I'm looking around. I know I'm telling you that it seems like the wicked are prospering. It looks like the righteous are just, they're not doing well. It looks like evil people are having all of this joy. But this thing I do know about you, God, you are just. See, there's these things going on in my life, and I, I can't reconcile everything that's happening, but there's one thing. There's a line in the sand that's been drawn, and no matter how much I want to whine and how much I want to complain and how much I want to cry, this thing I know for sure. Jesus, you are just. You are, you are just. You see everything. You know it all. You have a perspective that I don't have, and God, this is your very nature. You're bigger than me, and so, God, I put it into your hands. God, you are just. Because I guarantee you in the first century, there was a lot of Christians that were praying against this man named Saul. Because this guy, Saul, God, you should just kill him because look at what he's doing to us. Kill Saul because he's persecuting Christians. He is a wicked man. He's killing people. If anybody deserves to get burned up, it's this dude. And Jesus didn't answer any of his prayers. Why? Because he saw something that nobody else saw. Everyone else saw Saul. Jesus saw Paul. And used this man to pen a good portion of the New Testament. A different perspective. God, this I know. You are just. And I'm asked the worship team to come back up. So there's this moment. The complaints have been out there. One. Man, are we bringing our complaints to the world or are we bringing our complaints to God? There's, there's a line in uh, the old movie, Saving Private Ryan. And, and they're, they're in just, just this, this place. It's, it's, it's horrible. And uh, Tom Hanks plays, I believe he's the captain. Um, Tom Hanks is, there's this moment where one of the guys under his command says, 
uh, Captain, why, why isn't that we never hear you complain? All of us guys, every night we get together, we're kind of complaining around. Why is it that we never hear you complain? And he looks at him and says this, because you always complain up, you never complain down. You complain to me, I complain to them. Uh, as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I'm telling you, it is our duty to complain up. There's only one who's equipped to hear it, to, com- to bring our complaints to the Lord. He welcomes it. And to understand that even if things don't start working the way we want them to work, God, you are just. Even when I don't understand why things are working the way they are, God, you are just. Now, I want to end with this, and I'm going to ask everyone to please stand to their feet. Because Jeremiah has done all this, and the Lord responds to him. And you're wondering, how will the Lord respond to someone who's just prayed, you know, bring down, kill my enemies like sheep. God, I have all this against you. It's really your fault. And like me, you're kind of you're saying, okay, just have a little pity on me. Come on, Jeremiah, it's okay, little buddy. You're going to do okay. And I love how the Lord responds. The Lord responds like this. If you're racing against mere men, and that makes you tired, how will you race against the horses? How you, you know what the Lord's doing to Jeremiah? He is reminding Jeremiah, you're made for more than this. You're made for more than this. I know the plans and the purposes that I've put inside of you. And listen, I know that the people have made this complaint that the Lord can't see what's ahead of us. You really think the Lord doesn't have any vision? He is the one who was and is and is to come. All those things that were in your past, he knows about. All of this moment, he knows about. Everything in the future, he is already in it. And if you read the book, the story is finished. We win. Yes. Do we really believe that we serve a God that doesn't have any vision? I know for some of us, it feels like your vision has been stripped from you. I mean, 2020 was a year for most people. I just want to survive. And we've had some complaints. We've had some whines. We've had some, some cries. And God, I don't understand. But here God's saying like, but if you can't get through this, if you're going to act crazy when Walmart's out of toilet paper, how are you going to act when things really get bad? If you can't handle it, when things are just, just like this, he said, if you can't handle the clearing of the valley, how are you going to run through the thickets of the Jordan? If you can't handle a few stabs in the back, how are you going to handle it when somebody spits in your face? If you're going to break down and wonder if Jesus loves me every time you get a flat tire, how are you going to do it when you are laying stage four cancer in that bed and can't you praise me now? See, we, we've, we've got this kind of just here and now and God has this eternal perspective and he wants to remind every one of us this morning, I've made you for more. And no matter what is going on, I'm telling you, you can handle it. 
you can make it through this. You just don't have to hold on. We can have a vision that is beyond this, that we just don't have to survive. We can thrive. We are the head and we are not the tail. I know it looks like your marriage will always be like this. It will get better. Times will pass. There will be a moment where you ain't got to wear that stupid mask. Come on. I know I'm, I ain't, don't, I'm not getting angry at you. I'm just saying, don't, listen, stop making, stop making permanent decisions during a temporary problem. You're going to regret it later. You can hold on. You can hold on. You can make it through the valley. You can make it, because listen, I know you want to get on the mountaintop, but that means climbing the mountain. That means all kinds of dangers and perils to get to the top of that thing. It means going through some things. Listen, we're in this season right now, and I wanna, I wanna close with this thought, this idea, and then we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship again. Uh, Jim, Pastor Jim actually was telling me this this week. He said, you know, we're, we're in a season of prayer and fasting, and, and, and for a lot of people, you know, fasting is very hard, and. And some people, you know, I just choose, I just can't do it. And it's totally understandable. But there's one thing I think that we can do together as a church. We could fast complaining. I want to challenge this church. If you're a member of Coastal, if you're thinking about becoming a member of Coastal, if you're watching this online, and even if you're just a Christian, can we stop and can we, can we just fast complaining? And, and can we say, listen, when I feel that need to complain, I'm gonna bring it to the Lord. Amen. I'm not bringing it to Facebook. I'm not bringing it to Instagram. I'm not texting and calling my friends. I'm gonna fast complain and watch what the Lord does. Watch what the Lord does. I'm asking everyone to just bow their head to close their eyes for a moment. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in the room this morning and you've just, I mean, it just feels like you've had this spirit of complain lately. God's not mad at you. He's just saying, why don't you talk to me about it? He doesn't mind. And so Lord, in this moment, God, I ask that you would just fill us with your spirit. Remind us that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, remind us that though things may be troubling, God, that you win, that you see a perspective that's bigger than ours. Lord, help me to stop complaining. God, I repent. I repent to bringing it to everyone else but you. Come, Lord. We do thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We do thank you that this moment, that no matter what's in our past, it's a new day to step forward and bring hope and life and light and joy and correction. Lord, even right now, I pray that you would drop the face of people right in their spirits, Lord, of people that have tried to help them and tried to help bring them correction 
And God, we've rejected it. That we were more comfortable with the complaining than heeding to the correction of the brothers and sisters that really do love us. For any hardness of heart that we've put up towards them. If you're in the room this morning and you don't know him, I don't ever like doing a service where we don't give the opportunity to to know Jesus because here's the thing, if you're here this morning, Jesus is calling you. It doesn't matter what you've done. And and here's the thing, you don't have enough willpower in you. You've tried, you failed. There's only one. He is the way, the truth, and his life, and he's calling you home today. And if that's you, with every head bowed, with every eye closing, you're in the room and you just want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask that you put your hand real high in the air where I can see it. And say, I'm just ready for a new day. I don't want to just do it my way anymore. Jesus, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Please repeat. Lord Jesus, God, I repent. Lord, I need you. Fill me with your life. Fill me with your light. Fill me with your hope. Fill me with your love. Jesus, I believe. God, I need you. Come, Lord. I am yours. You are mine. Amen. Amen. Guys, can we give it up? We had two people in the room that gave their life to Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Let's take a few minutes. Let's worship the one who was.